Well, the FOMC minutes are out, and it seems they were talking about slashing the balance sheet sooner rather than later. We'll look at quantitative tightening today and how the markets have reacted, and why the Aussie dollar, climbing on the back of uh, rising commodity prices, has fallen fairly sharply today. Can the balance of trade change all of that later on? And more signs that consumer demand's there. It's just meeting that demand that's the problem, except in China. It's Thursday, the 7th of April, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. So the US dollar this morning is up slightly on the DXY. It's up 0.3% on the Swiss franc, but big falls in the Aussie dollar, down almost 1%, over 1% earlier. Uh, it's just over 75 US cents now. Bond yields are edging higher again, up five basis points for 10-year treasuries. It was up over seven basis points earlier. Two-year notes were down four basis points. They climbed back up again as the Fed minutes were released, but they are back down three basis points now. Uh, 10 years up across Europe too, up three basis points for 10 years in Germany and France, up five in the UK. Uh, German two years, which managed to edge above zero momentarily earlier today, are back down below that now. And stocks are down, but better than they were uh, earlier on in the session. At close, 2.2% off the Nasdaq, 1% off the S&P 500, 0.4% off the Dow, the Russell 2000 down 1.4%, and 2.4% off the Eurostoxx 50. WTI crude is back down below 100, down to 97 even after a 4.8% fall today. Brent down 4.4% to just below 102 a barrel. So, more moves in bonds, it seems. If we were worried about inversions, well, maybe we shouldn't be now. The curve is steepening ever since Lael Brainard talked about a rapid drawdown in the Fed's balance sheet. NAB's Gavin Friend is in London here today to discuss this. So why is this happening? I mean, there was a demand for bonds at the front end, which was pushing those front end yields down. So we had a, a steeper curve all of a sudden. That was what was happening before we had those minutes out this morning. Uh, then those two years bounced back up again. The yields came up rather swiftly since the release of those minutes. Then they fell back down again. So uh, <laughs> indecisive moves. What are these moves telling? us exactly. Yeah, morning, Phil. So uh, I guess a day when stocks and risk appetite are under pressure as markets continue, as you say, to react to those remarks on Tuesday from Fed Governor Lyle Brainard and the minutes that we've just had of the March 16th FOMC meeting. Remember, you know, Brainard jolted yields and risk appetite Tuesday, seemingly upping the ante on, you know, quantitative tightening or Fed balance sheet runoff by mm. nodding to it coming sooner and faster in size. The Fed minutes just out really um, suggest there is there is there is support mm. for a balance sheet runoff of a maximum of, of, of around ninety five billion a month. Um, you know, that's the so called cap made up of sixty billion in treasuries, thirty five in MBS, and that, that could be reached in three months, you know, the phasing in, getting to that kind of pace. Which is a surprise. And that compares I mean, to... That, the size of that might be a surprise, but particularly, yeah, kicking in with mortgage-backed securities uh, from the get-go uh, as well. I mean, if this is experimentation, we're doing it in a big way, it seems. Well, markets have been looking at around that. I would say it's kind of there or thereabouts towards the upper end. I think that the, the, if there is a surprise factor, it's the, it's the rapid, more rapid phasing in. Mm. Think back to 2017, 2019, when they last... Um, did QT and it was they started off 2030 and basically got up to a maximum of 50 the balance sheet is much bigger now it's nine trillion dollars we've been you know there's been ample warning from Powell and Co that they would you know because the economy is stronger and because the balance sheet is larger they'd have to you know up that so so I suspect over the coming hours the markets will come to terms with that a bit and I think you know the instant market reaction was stocks were down on the day uh, stocks tried to rally a bit. They've come back off a bit. 
now they're kind of trying to push back up again. Market's still passing this and trying to think about what it means. Mm. Um, overall, of course, you know, stocks on the day, Europe was closed when these came out. It's down 2%, biggest fall in the S in, sorry, in the Eurostock 600 in, in a month or so. Oil, um, a basket of commodities was down, is still down, oh, down, down sort of seven bucks from a session high of 104. Um, I think, you know, the point to make is up until the Brainard comments you know we've seen to your point yield curves flattening probing inversion twos tens has been down to minus seven twos thirties meant minus two earlier this week this as markets investors start to worry about the fed and others overdoing it triggering a recession as we speak those moves into inversion have reversed we're now back into positive territory um, markets are no no less worried about a recession or the fed overdoing it but you know what we're now seeing is a sort of a practice run if you like of the mechanical effects of what fed balance sheet runoff could work well be remember but do we you know, know? And, it's, and not everyone's behind this are this because it was well, early on today we had harker saying he's not keen on balance sheet re- uh, reductions he says he sees the need for deliberate methodical hikes in his word uh, as the year continues and uh, the data evolves but uh, not so keen on balance sheet reductions at least at the onset well i'm guessing that harker's going to be um you know in the minority mm. you've got to think about a nine trillion dollar balance sheet is very bloated the bulk of the stuff that the fed owns is five seven ten year treasuries that's why we're getting the curve steepening because the market sees that the the, the fed is going to be allowing these to run off most aggressively at the start at least uh, and that's why you're going to get that kind of mechanical lift in uh, that part of the curve um in the brain, brain remarks, and, and from this, we can likely infer Powell, Powell's view. The Fed is talking the talk. It is saying it wants to do everything it can to get ahead of inflation and, you know, get to grips with the cost of living which is, and help people's pay packets. And we've seen in the uh, 30 or so Fed speakers since the, 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 the 16th of March meeting with the, that these minutes um, came out from, plenty of evidence that the Fed wants to go early, it wants to go hard. Um, Fed's barking today, talking for nine or ten hikes to get to neutral. Yeah. I mean, that really shouldn't su- surprise anybody because the Fed has for a long time talked about a long run rate of 2.4%. Um, you know, th- so there's, there's no doubt, I think, that the Fed is, and, and markets don't have any doubt the Fed's going to go 50 in May. What it does after that will depend on how it's messaging, you know, whether it goes 50 again the next the month after the, the meeting so, after that, yeah. will depend on the messaging. But wasn't there a bit in that? Wasn't a bit in that in those minutes though? That suggesting that that fifty might not happen in May because of the uncertainty over U- Ukraine. It sort of it seemed to suggest that twenty five basis points might actually be what happens. But certainly one or two fifty basis point rises this year might be warranted, but maybe not right uh, right away. I would take that line. Um, these are three weeks old. These minutes. Yeah, yeah. I would yeah. take that line as a as a as a as recent as it is as a historical comment. I think the Fed has moved on from that point since yeah. that point, and we can see that 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 central bank reaction function has not been just about the Fed. Look at the ECB, mm. where arguably they're facing a much tougher time in terms of the economic headwinds and yet they need to feel they're feeling the need to get ahead and to do something because to to crimp down on inflation so the reaction function seems clear and so the question of how far and how fast the fed can go will really depend after that first you know meeting or two on the incoming data on how it's messaging not only on rate rises but on 
passive QT and thereafter is taken by markets. You know, I mean, if markets go into a hissy fit, you know, we're seeing this, I think, what's interesting in the last two days, price reaction to Brainard and to the idea of QT is we're seeing broader risk starting to get hit. You know, think about it's best. I think best um, uh, seen through the lens of the FX markets, yeah, where you yeah, can see the, the, yen the, the, really, the Aussie dollar down more than one percent at one stage this morning. Right. Okay. So if we look at the yen, we look at the euro under pressure because these economies are facing really big terms of trades hits as their import bills go up. Mm. On the other side of that, you've got the Aussie and the Kiwi, which are getting a real big, a really nice terms of trade. Uh, a trade boost uh, and those currencies those commodity linked currencies have actually been rising all that goes into reverse when you start to think about curves steepening mechanically because of QT and the, and the risk complex just gets hit so you know we saw the Aussie earlier this week at what 7660 I think yeah. it was a high on Tuesday yeah. um, it's it's now it's now pl- you know pl- pl- climbing below 75 cents yeah. um, the Kiwi 7030 back down now below 69 cents oil other commodities but not iron ore again coming back off again so the the risk the risk reaction to qt seems to be different to what it was to the idea of just aggressive hikes Mm. um because there's a mechanical effect of you know um of of letting these letting these um these bonds these these maturing bonds run off particularly you know that through the, to the belly of the curve, the fives, the sevens, and the tens. That will wane, I guess, over time. But this is where the market is really focused at the moment. And the question is, of course, where do we go next in terms of inflation? What is, you know, really driving inflation and what impact is it having on consumption? So, uh, uh, you know, China, of course, managing to uh, avoid inflation in a, in a big way because, because they're still in the lockdown phase. So the service sector yep. saw the biggest fall in two years in the Beijing PMIs for services down to 42 in March from 50.2 in February. So hard to see a big rebound in consumption while they've got their zero COVID uh, approach. So that's one way of uh, stopping inflation. Just lock everyone in their house. Uh, but on the other side, Germany, the factory orders, I mean, this is a different story, isn't it? Because the demand is there. Because uh, if you look at the factory orders, uh, where the, I mean, generally demand is down, capital goods are down, new orders are way down, foreign orders particularly down. Uh, but but goods, uh, consumer goods orders, there's growth there. So that shows, you know, yeah. that the, the, the consumer demand is strong. It's just delivering that demand and uh, getting the, the machinery to, to, to meet that demand in the future that's being the problem. That's right. So export orders fell 3%. Yeah. And it was pretty much evens in terms of orders dropping off from Eurozone and non-Eurozone orders. Domestic orders, as you say, were, were, were only dipped slightly. If we look at, at new orders in the bigger picture, they're up over 9% pre-pandemic. So really, this is about supply disruptions. Um, you know, and, and actually, they're not doing badly at all. But it does imply... Um, at the moment, there's, there's going to be no relief to this, you know, given what's going on with, with Ukraine. Um, and it also implies, you know, in the short term, uh, today's industrial production numbers, broader industrial production numbers in Germany are probably going to be lower. I mean, to your, to your broader question about consumption, all this, th- th- this is we're now getting into the part where financial conditions are starting to tighten. <clears throat> Look at in the US, 30 year mortgage rates, they're up at what, nearly 4.7 percent. They went below 5% in 2009, 
they've 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 once in 2019 hit that level again and never gone never gone above five percent we're now getting back up to that kind of level mm. think about what's happened to real yields real yields have risen something like 85 basis points in the u.s in the 10-year tenor um over the last month alone they're almost going back positive and you can see as as this starts to you know feed through qt and other bits and pieces we could be going positive in real yields this is the start this is when, when financial conditions start to bite and, and and how you know markets react in terms of risk and the fed's reaction function and other central banks reaction function will be uh, determined by that well, where we do want uh, financial conditions to bite uh, is uh, in Russia. So more sanctions possible, including uh, sanctions on Putin's daughters and Sergio Lavrov's family, and eight more oligarchs are going to be on the on the on the list. Whether it's going to work or not, I don't know. And uh, you know, the big question about whether Russia is going to be able to uh, if it's going to default on its debt. But I mean. If it does, it's not that they don't have the money. It's uh, they've got the money in reserves. It's just that they can't pay it out because they can't make the uh, the payments through American banks. So uh, maybe there's not going to be a huge reaction to to that if it happens. But today, Australia's balance of trade numbers. You've talked about balance of trade already. Uh, it, it is hugely positive, of course, uh, but was falling last year, but kicked up uh, with the rising commodity prices earlier this year. So February, presumably, is going to be even stronger for precisely that reason. Yeah, that's right. So in January, we saw a trade surplus of nearly 13 billion, 12.9 billion. The consensus for February numbers today is 11.6. We're a little bit more optimistic. We're looking for about 12. Um, and, you know, that story is likely to continue into the future. It's difficult to see that that coming off anytime soon. Um, so that's the positive story. Um, whether the risk complex can, you know, for things like the Aussie dolly, dollar and, uh, you know, commodity dependent currencies, of course, the story around the RBA is feeding into this as well, mm. uh, unfolding this week, um, you know, uh, it remains to be seen. Um, given what we've seen today in the risk complex and the way that the Aussie has come back off. Yeah, it is very volatile, isn't it? We also get private housing approvals for Australia today and uh, euro area retail sales for February and uh, ECB minutes as well today and uh, US jobless claims. I don't know if you've got anything to say about all of that before we go. If not, we'll call it a day. Well, the ECB minutes, again, like the Fed, are going to be interesting. Mm. <clears throat> you know, they, they are communicating increasingly that they're going to have to uh, get away from QE quite quickly, the remaining QE program, the asset purchase program, so that they've got full optionality to move on rates if they need to. The other thing to watch out for is we've got chief economist from the Bank of England, Hugh Pill, speaking. And I think markets in the UK, at least, are very um, you know, carefully going to be watching what he says, given mm. the way that the Bank of England seems to be a bit of an outlier. Uh, at the moment and to see whether there's any change ahead of the next meeting there yeah got a very fine balancing act haven't they there uh, good to talk gavin we'll catch you again next time thank you cheers Phil. yeah today's the day they actually put the taxes up in the uk uh, not a, a vote winning move i wouldn't have thought in this environment that's it for today that's the morning call from nav i'm phil dobby back again tomorrow morning see you then